you yeah, speak, all right, pal? This is a show. You got, you got to, there you go. All right, you got the hang of this. You're better than me the first time I was on. And the home of the Episode 111 of the Hit the Deck Podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And this week we have for you a real treat. We have something a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit out of the box for us. Not entirely out of the box, it's still kind of in our wheelhouse. But uh, let's say we've got a conventional type segment with an unconventional twist. So... You know, that's that's pretty exciting. How are you, James? I'm doing pretty well, and yeah, excited about this podcast. How about yourself, sir? I'm okay. I mean, I've been trying to jump right into the starting lineup of late, as you've noticed if you've been a relatively long-time listener, or at least a relatively last few episodes listener. But this week, I think I'm going to push it off just a little bit so we can set this up, because like I said... This is this is something that uh, you're going to want to hear. This is something a little special. So, otherwise, I've been pretty well, James. I know we got to play some hockey this past week, which I think we'll talk about a little later, if I'm not much mistaken. But suffice to say, it was great to have you back out there, and we missed you. And I speak on behalf of the entire LIQ, not only uh, on behalf of myself. Uh, it was good to be able to get out there and play with you, have you on my team, have you by my side, and uh, you know, just. Just play some hockey. It's always nice to play some hockey. Yeah, amen to that. And uh, definitely, definitely miss you guys a lot more than you miss me. But that's very flattering and, and, and humbling. And thank you. Much, much appreciated for that. A lot of good guys in that league. A lot of generous people. So uh, I appreciate that. And yeah, I, I definitely missed it. I haven't played in months. And it definitely showed on Sunday. But I appreciate your patience and your friendship and your understanding. And thank you. How did that feel? I mean, this could be a little topic all on its own, a little mini, mini topic. You know, you did have a very long layoff, partly due to an injury. And so oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm just wondering how it felt getting back into the swing of things, being off for so long. It was rough. I mean, you know, I just turned 40 in early May and it has caught up with me. And yes, I forgot I had a, a fractured bone in my right hand. So that affected the gameplay. But that's basically all healed up, so that felt a lot better. But um, the cardio was a disaster, and it didn't really help that it was so humid in the New York area and so hot. I don't know how you guys played throughout the summer, especially you goalies. God bless you. It boggles my mind. But really, we'll get into this more later on in the podcast. But it was it was very hard. I tried to keep my shifts short because I was out of breath pretty quickly, and I, even my arms ached a little bit just from stretching out the stick and playing defense and didn't feel very comfortable out there. Uh, made a lot of mistakes, cost our team a few goals, by the way, which really irks me and is the worst nightmare. But other than that, like you said, it's always fun to play. It's great to play, but uh, apologies. And, and I know that uh, you never 
keep me on the hook when I deserve to be, but apologies for a couple of the losses and uh, being in the wrong position and, and coughing up the, the, the puck when I shouldn't have. But um, it was good to be back, and, and I promise to improve for the next time that I'm able to play with you guys. As far as the goalies go, I attribute it to two things, stubbornness and stupidity. So that's pretty much all you need to know for for why we're, you know, playing in in 90 whatever degree heat when it's this humid. Literally, yeah. It's hard it's really it's really hard to breathe and when you're outside the sun's beating down on you and let's say like we've said many times on this podcast that even if it's 70 degrees out and you're under the sun, it is so much hotter. And when we were driving home after playing, it was relatively not as bad as has been over the last few weeks. That day that we played, I think it was maybe high 80s or whatever the case was, but it felt like it was 110 added on with the humidity. It was just blah. It was actually relatively cool compared to how it's been this summer. So I was willing to take it. it it's, it's funny, actually. Today, just today, I was talking to my wife about hockey, the potential for hockey this weekend. And she said, today in New York or in the New York area, I guess it was in the mid-90s. And she said to me, if it's like this this weekend, I don't know if I'm going to let you play. <laughs> Which, if you know my wife, she's not the kind of person that's going to exercise that kind of authority over our marriage. So the fact that she said that means that she was, uh, in fact, concerned about my health. So I appreciate that. Thank you, sweetheart. Amen to that. So, uh, yeah, but it should actually be in the on Sunday, which is when we're targeting to play this weekend. It should actually be the high should be in the upper 60s. So that'll be a nice change. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yes, yes, knock on wood and all that. <laughs> so did you feel like you, by the end of it, did you feel like you were starting to get your rhythm back, starting to kind of, you know, get back in the swing of things? Not really, to tell you the truth. Again, tried to keep the shifts short because I just couldn't keep it up playing, really huffing and puffing and shoulders were hurting. I just did not feel comfortable. It was a really long time since I even practiced. Forget about playing. And it showed and it felt it. And it's really a credit to any deck hockey player out there or hockey in general is you really need to be in great shape and you have to maintain that shape in order to play well and do a good job. I am not an athlete and I'm not athletic and I don't have the body of an athlete or anything like that. So any little step backwards I take is amplified. But uh, I did not feel at the end of it that I could go another game or um, I felt comfortable I need to get a few practices before the next time I join you guys. I was more asking about your skills, your, your hockey skills or your sense of the game than your conditioning. Passing, I thought was okay. Positioning, I'd give myself an, an F, maybe a D, because there were, uh, no pun intended for the defense, but there say. were a couple, yeah, a couple of plays where I didn't feel like I was in proper position. I got burned a few times. There was one particular play. Well, I guess we'll save this for, for later on. But yeah, I, it, I, I didn't feel right. And, and I, I deserve to be benched, quite frankly. <laughs> well, we didn't have the numbers to bench anybody. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't even if that was the case. Because everybody should have an opportunity to play that wants to play. That's like we always say. That's one of the things with deck hockey. You know, one of the great, great things with deck hockey about how accessible it is. So, And the only way to get better is by playing. So... You can't just say, oh, I stink and, you know, kick some pebbles like, a, you know, like stereotypical, I don't know, 1920s kid with the hat and the, the suspenders and the, oh, shucks, kind of a thing. You can't do that. You can't do that. You just have to press on and, and, you know, that's how you get better. Absolutely. 
And, uh... Ah, nuts! And I've completely lost my train of thought at this point. So, uh, fantastic. We could could jump right in, then. Yeah, we, we should jump right in. And let's jump into our starting lineup, then. Because, as I alluded to earlier, our starting lineup is something kind of special this week. Because, uh, we have some guests... Some very special guests here on the podcast this week. And, well, I don't want to keep you in suspense anymore, so let's just get right into the starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey. And, of course, my stellar co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi, and we have two very special guests with us tonight. Number 42, on left wing, I'm John Lenhart. And my son... What number? 50. And what position do you play? Center. All right. It's great to have both of you on the podcast. Thanks. Welcome, John. Welcome, Nolan. Fantastic. John, Nolan, I'm going to be rude and ask you to hold on, which, I mean, really, Nolan has to go to bed. So to just keep him waiting for that long is really very rude. So, uh, buddy, I I apologize. John, you're a good sport. No pun intended. But really, you know how we operate here on this podcast. So we're going to uh, just, we're going to put you on hold, put you on ice, which since it's a (laughs) ball hockey podcast is not as appropriate as you might think. But nevertheless, I'm just, I'm rambling. James, save me. Can you please tell us what's on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir. Thank you. Father and son. LIQ all-star and all-around good guy John Lenhart returns to hit the deck. This time with his MVP teammate, his son, Nolan. The boys are going to tell us about a deck hockey camp Nolan participated in over the summer up in Massachusetts. And lemonade out of lemons. The LIQ was in full action over Labor Day weekend, but there was a black cloud hanging overhead. There were multiple broken stick blades and broken players too, but we all managed to make it through. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are welcome, sir. All right. So let's get into this interrogation. I mean, interview. I mean, um, um, let's get into this talky talk. I mean, we often say that this is a family podcast, but, uh, you know, tonight it is literally a family show because we got friend of the podcast, John Lennart, back to talk to us again. And we have his son, Nolan, who is just a wee tyke but who is more experienced at hockey at his age now than I was for the first 33 years of my life. So, uh, you know, John Nolan, welcome back to the podcast. Well, welcome back, John. Welcome to the podcast, Nolan. It's great to have both of you here. We're so very glad that you could join us. Yeah, Gary, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Nolan is uh, making history tonight, besides your daughter, who has made an appearance or two on our podcast. But I think officially, as a guest, Nolan is our youngest guest on uh, HTD, correct? Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely is, yes. Yeah, so thanks so much for joining us, guys. No problem. Thanks for having us on. What do you say? Thank you. Oh. Sure. It's our pleasure, Nolan. So, yeah, so the reason why these uh, fine gentlemen are on the podcast tonight is to tell us about a deck hockey camp that Nolan attended over this summer. So let's get right into it, guys. First of all, what was the name of the camp that you guys uh, participated in up in Massachusetts? Yeah, it's called the uh, Lemonster Deck Hockey Camp. 
And they have a, a beautiful complex up in Lemonster. And it's actually one of the hotbeds in the New England, even in the U.S. area, for how deck hockey got started and continues up that way. They have two full-size regulation rinks and then a youth, right? One little youth rink, right? Locker rooms. They have like a clubhouse with the old bubble hockey that the kids can play, like, you know. (laughs) And also there's a hotel. There's a hotel there? Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good, buddy. Right? Yeah. Cool. So yeah, uh, we're we're very familiar with Lemonster. We've uh, had a couple of stories about them over the uh, years because exactly right. They are such at the fore in the world of deck, so that's fantastic. So, John, how did you uh, how did you find out about this camp? On Facebook, I belong to a uh, group called Rink Life, and there's a uh, there's a guy by the name of Mike White. His son Adam plays up there, and I believe he's uh, you know he may have just graduated high school or whatnot, and he's one of the better like young players up there. So his dad Mike had posted a uh, flyer on their website. And that's how I found out about it. And then I, you know, contacted a guy by the name of Chris Hauser, who's like, you know, who's a lifer up there and he owns the uh, complex. And he got back to me and I said, we'd like to make the trip up. He goes, where are you coming from? I said, New York City. He's like, wow. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, you know, booked a hotel, got up there on a Sunday night. He went to camp for the week and, uh, you know, and it was uh, a great time for him and for us to, you know, watch him develop. It was great. John, do they get a lot of out-of-state or out-of-area participants in the camp? or No, uh, but believe it or not, most of the kids are local. And Chris had told me that Nolan you know, was the first kid to come from New York City. I mean, they may have had some campers over the years, maybe come from like you know Connecticut or something. But um, I think Nolan's the camper that came from the furthest you know, since they've been running the camp. Oh, Nolan's making history all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, making dad retire early, he's going uh, <laughs> to take over. <laughs> Fantastic. Which, which I'm okay with. Yeah, those are big sneakers to fill, but uh, he's, he's on the road to doing a great job <laughs> at that already. So great job by the both of you guys. Thank you. So it was a week long then? The uh, Yeah, it was uh, yeah week long, uh, Monday to Friday. Camp went from 9 a.m. to what, 2.30? Yeah, about maybe. 2, 2.30, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you just show up. You, you I, uh, I worry about the times, right? <laughs> That's so. what daddies are for. That's it. <laughs> Nolan, did you get to play on all the different ranks, or were you just on the small one? One big rink. Oh, you played yeah, on the camp was actually on one of the regulation size rinks because yeah. uh, some of the campers were. Uh, I think the oldest campers up there were like 11 and 12 years old. Yeah. So, like the uh, youth rink was what for kids and younger ten, than that, right? And ten. Ten years old too. It was a good mix. Yeah, Nolan was the youngest. There was another camper yeah. up there that was five years old, and then other than that, they were spread out between I think between like seven and 12 year olds. Yeah. And how old are you, Nolan? Four years old, and you were at camp up in Massachusetts. Wow. So uh, you you are quite the little star there, Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> and humble, yeah. too. <laughs> so, yeah, Nolan, if you wouldn't mind, and Daddy can help you out with this, too, what was your day like on an average day? Like the schedule? Did you have to do drills in the morning? Did you play full games? Did you have lunch? Just, just let us know how it went from well, 9 o'clock Well, tell them one of your morning. favorite yeah. parts. When you got in there in the locker room, right, and putting on your gear, you said that was one of your favorite parts of the day because you look like guys on TV, right? <laughs> yeah, he loved getting into the locker room and, like, putting on all of his gear. He's like, he was so excited, like, the first couple of days. It's pretty cool to see, right? But then tell him, what was the rest of the day like? What would you guys do in the morning with the coaches? Do you remember? You did some shooting drills, right? No, what else? Like stretching. You guys ah. stretched and got loose? Very important. And then what'd you do after that? 
He started to shoot a little bit, remember? Shoot a little bit on the goalies? <laughs> yeah, shoot a little bit first. Yeah, they had a drill that was first time I saw it, and I've actually been, you know, working on them with it. They would put a little piece of, like, electrical tape yeah. on, you know, certain spots around the boards around the and rink. Then, mm-hmm. And then you shoot, try to shoot the tape. Yeah, they wanted like each camper to try to hit like the tape or at least the area to really work on their accuracy. Huh? And they would do that for about a good 10 minutes every morning, like right after stretching. And it, it was noticeable. By the time you got to like Wednesday, Thursday, a lot of the kids were, you know, you know, shooting the ball like right around the tape. It was, you know, something that seems like so minor in a drill, but really garnered, you know, tremendous results. You know, absolutely. Very cool. So, okay, so you stretched, which is, as Gary said, extremely important. You got loose, you shot around, you developed shooting accuracy, which, like Daddy said, is excellent. And then did you go into games after that? Did you play some games after you were all stretched and warmed up? Yeah, the kids doing drills after that. Okay. Were they fun? Did you have fun? Yeah. Yeah, they did some stick handling drills where they put like a chair. Yeah. So they would stick handle and then have to stick handle through the chair. Yeah, and then they have to shoot behind and, the goalie. And then you would get up to the goalie, right? Yeah. And you would have to try to beat the goalie, right? Yes. Excellent. They really taught you very well. That's fantastic. Yeah, the, I got to say, the coaching staff up there, they, they, they really did a great job as far as being patient, as far as working with the kids, you, you know, even, you know, every kid, you know, I mean, it was, you know, from Nolan's age, from four to 12 years old, and then, you know, different skill sets, different talent levels. They really did a good job working with the kids and being patient. You know, some kids were a little bit more advanced. You know, some were really just starting out. But all in all, you know, the drills ran very smooth. The scrimmages ran very smooth. Yeah. They really, uh, really did a good job up there. Right. What was your favorite part? Tell Gary and James. One of your favorite parts of one of the scrimmages. What'd you do? Score a goal. He scored a goal, I think, nice. on the uh, second day of camp in one yeah. of the scrimmages. Yeah, and I think it was on third. Yeah, maybe the third day on Wednesday, yeah. And it was really cool to see. It's something I'll never forget. You know, I really... Uh, yeah, I lifted over the goalie. Yeah, he put it over the goalie. He lifted <laughs> it up and put it over the goalie's shoulder. And uh, if you see his reaction, I think he uh, thought it was like game seven of the Stanley Cup in overtime. <laughs> Well, Nolan, that's all part of being a kid, right? I mean, you know, it's Nolan. Come on, act like you've been there. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, Nolan, act like you've been there. (laughs) But but yeah, Nolan, you'd be very happy to know that Daddy posted that on Facebook, and we all were able to see it, and we all enjoyed it so much, and we were very, very proud of you, and congratulations. That's excellent. What do you say? Thank you. You're welcome. Well earned, sir. Hey, Nolan, I have a question. You said that you played center, but I know you also play goalie sometimes. Did you get to play any goal during the camp, or was it all just like scrimmaging as a forward? You played goalie the first day, right? Yeah, I played goalie. No, 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 Wednesday. On Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, he played goalie one of the days, and, uh, you know, he threw on the pads. And you know what it was? He's not used to, you know, like Gary, like when we warm you up when we play on Sundays, Mm pickup games. He had, you know, there were like 10 kids and they were all shooting on him right away. Sure. So he wasn't used to, you know, just taking shot after shot after shot. So mm-hmm. he was trying to make every save and he kind of got overwhelmed. Uh-huh. So he made like a couple of saves and then he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, you know, <laughs> he had the pads on, you know, for a good like maybe 10 minutes and then uh, made a couple saves and then he, uh, you know, took the pads off. So, you know, hey, listen, you know, from getting up there, I thought he would do okay. But my biggest thing was watching him go to somewhere that he wasn't. You know, didn't know anything about, didn't know any of the kids and kind of throw them into the fire, so to speak. 
Mm-hmm. He got there Monday morning. It was like, didn't phase him. You know, he got the equipment on, went out on the rink, and it was just like, you, you know, when you do something that other kids have an interest to as well, it was just like a comfort level for him. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm the new kid. I don't know anybody. And that, and that was pretty, you know, that was pretty cool to see, you know, and I think just gaining confidence there, you know, serves him well, you know, as he gets older and going forward, you know. So, Nolan, speaking of equipment, did you actually have to use your own equipment or did they provide you with equipment that you could use during the camp? Own equipment. Yeah, he brought all of his own gear. They, they had, you know, a couple of sticks or some goalie equipment if you wanted to use. But most kids had, you know, brought all of their own gear, as Nolan did as well. Did other kids have a chance to try positions if they maybe hadn't played them before? Like if some kid had never played goal and wanted to try it or, uh, you know, vice versa? Yeah. Awesome. Yes. It's a great question, Gary. So Nolan, so that's excellent. You were able to play center, which is, is that your favorite position to play center? What's your favorite position, buddy? Center. Okay. Wow. You're, you're a good, good player yeah. then. That's fantastic. He's like, he's starting to gravitate towards defense a little bit because now okay. he's starting to fall in love with taking like slap shots and stuff and one timers. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's starting to go that route a little bit. But, you know, with that being said, I, I'm a big proponent of kids at a young age to really understand the game is, you know, get your feet wet and, and play every position. Because, you know, you don't know what position, you know, is going to be your strength as you get older. And to have a good understanding of the game, I, I think it's good to play all of them at a young age, you know, and then see where your strengths may lie, you know. Agreed. So were you able to play all positions, Nolan? You played forward, defense, and obviously you played goalie as well? Excellent. Did each position have its own set of drills, or was it just mostly shooting drills? Shooting stick-handling. Face-offs. Face-offs. So they didn't have uh, specific defensive drills or or goalie drills, just the drills that everybody did was, okay, all right. Yeah, tell tell them uh, one of your other highlights, buddy. On the last day of camp, they did a, uh, they partnered up and they did a passing drill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they gave it out the blue shirts and like all yeah. different like kinds of sizes. Yeah, Nolan, right? You and one, of, you know, Nolan and one of his partners that day, they went to the uh, like the last round of the, like the passing drill. Yeah. And then another pair of kids beat them out, but they got like to the final uh, four on the oh, passing yeah. drill, and that was pretty cool. What was that? Absolutely. Consecutive, consecutive tape to tape passes, or how did that? Yeah, drill pretty work? much. The, the the drill was run where. You were allowed to pass it, and if you weren't accurate where, you know, one of the kids had to, like, you know, step and move, like, the, their feet had to stay on the ground, mm-hmm. they could extend their stick to catch the pass. If they had to take a step in either direction, then they were eliminated. So uh-huh. I was pretty impressed because after every pass that hit the tape, their partner had to back up, like, two or three steps. So they got to the point where, like, Nolan was on the goal line, and mm-hmm. his partner was almost at, I would probably say, like, center ice. Oh, wow. Or center of the rink, which... At that age, it's pretty impressive to have to, you know, get it right, you know, there, right on a stick. <laughs> at, at, at my age, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, for a four-year-old, boy, you're, you're a phenomenal player, young Nolan. Yeah. That's fantastic. He's doing well. He's making mom and dad proud. I mean, we're proud anyway, but, you know, sure. watching him play hockey, is uh, it's fun. So, Nolan, if you can, and we know that dad has been such an incredible coach to you, your whole life, which is a blessing. But is there anything that you specifically learned over the camp that you didn't really know before? Well, that drill with the tape to learn accuracy, right? I remember that. Yeah, that was something that you learned. Yeah. Right? And we actually do that now. Like when I take, I'm like, we'll go to a schoolyard or something and we'll draw like in chalk, like a little spot like on the wall. 
uh-huh. and to try to hit it like every single time. And it does work. It seems yeah. like something that is like so like marker. easy, right? Yeah, to sure. try to hit your target every time, right? Yeah. I'll use crayon too. <laughs> oh, great. Hey, you got to be versatile. You're a smart young boy. Very cool. <laughs> Forehand and backhand? Yeah, well, let, let's work on the forehands first. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's really hard. So the whole idea of having such a small target is to make sure that you are as accurate as possible because, as you know, Nolan, when you're in a game situation that you're used to focusing on such a small target when you're playing that when your teammate's stick is going to look a lot wider and and bigger to hit. So that should make it easier for you to do that. So that's excellent. It's so important to practice and practice smart and practice well, which is exactly what you're doing. And for a four-year-old to be so advanced, that's remarkable. So hopefully, God bless you. You you keep it up and who knows where you'll be in the future. Yeah. What do you say? Thank you. Sure. (laughs) Just don't don't forget us and we want an autograph, okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you, you, yeah, you don't want my autograph. You want his autograph. <laughs> no, we, we want your autograph too, John. Yeah. <laughs> I'll settle for some goals. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I was just telling Nolan before we came on, I said, I don't like any goalies unless they're on my team. Mm-hmm. And Mac, you're usually on my team. So I definitely love you. Thank you, John. I appreciate <laughs> All that. All the other goalies I'm trying to beat. Well, Nolan, the most important question, I guess, is did you have a good time? Did you have fun at the camp? Yeah. Did you have fun up there? Do you want to go there again next summer? Yeah. It was worth the trip? That's what it's about. As long as you have fun. If you're not having fun, it's, you know... Then, well, then, then, yeah, it's not, not worth playing. That's how I look at it. So you got to keep it, you have to keep it fun, you know, for kids at any age. And to me, specifically a young age, because if it's not fun at a young age, you know, as you get older and James, you and Gary can both attest to this, you know, it becomes a work element involved, you know, whether it's in sports or something else, you could be so passionate about something, but you know, if it's not fun, then, you know, why, why are you really doing it in the first place? You know, there's got to be a fun element at any age and, you know, especially at four years old. So, and that's something I've learned at times where, you know, you scale back and you got to remember the age you're dealing with and you got to make it fun. You know, you got to, you got to keep their attention in a fun way. And if that means making a drill, you know, to their speed where they don't realize they're developing and getting better, like drawing a circle on a wall to shoot at. And that's something that makes them, you know, have fun as opposed to putting a goalie there and saying, Hey, hit this spot, hit this spot. You know, you could really translate it, you know, to their level, you know, and, and, and that's something that I'm learning and continue to learn, you know. I believe Nolan has something he wants to say, John. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I think so. What do you want to tell <laughs> Gary and James? To, like, grain or marker to, yeah. like, like, a circle. Yep, yeah. Sounds good. Chuck. Sounds good. So, yeah, so you have different spots on the deck that you aim for to shoot at or to pass to? Shoot at. Yeah. Okay, great. Very cool. And you always yeah. want to try to hit the net, right? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Don't That's hit the boards. You miss. <laughs> yeah, Ex- you don't want to miss. Excellent advice. The NHLers can use that advice too, Nolan. <laughs> yeah. That's great, buddy. Fantastic. Speaking, speaking as a goalie, misses aren't as bad as they're made out to be. <laughs> yeah, from, from yeah, yeah, your point of view, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> and right yeah, I totally agree with what you said before, John. You got to make it fun and keep it light and um, – that's the whole idea is to make them, if they love the game, great. But yeah, uh, practice can be boring and, and it can be tedious. But if it's fun and you make it interesting and challenging, it's something that you want to get better at and you want to keep continuing doing. So great yeah. job. Great job. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm, you know what? I, I see a big difference since he's come home. You know, the scrimmage games up there, you know, it's hard for, I think, a four or five, maybe even like a six, seven year old to really understand where to be on a rink. 
Sure, you know, sure. because the game does move quick. You know, when you're doing drills and you have it really, you're not moving full speed. It's a little easier to, you know, to explain to them. But once mm-hmm. that ball drops and has a mind of its own and now the ball's sitting in the corner and kids at that age, they freeze. Where do I go? Everybody's chasing after the ball instead of one kid setting up at the circle or another kid looking, you know, for a rebound. But I noticed a little bit with him being exposed, you know, playing some against kids that are a little older and a handful of scrimmage games. That he kind of, you know, is is starting to get the hang of it a little bit with baby steps. And that's how it starts. So, you know, there's a patience to be involved there. But, uh, you know, you got to look bigger picture. If he continues to stay with it, you got to start at that level, you know. Do you have something to say there, Nolan? Uh, he's uh, grabbing a, uh, a program that... Uh, that they gave him from deck hockey camp. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Lemonster Rams. They were mm-hmm. like uh, a powerhouse that started like in 1975, 76. And they won like back-to-back Can-Am, like national deck championships. So he's uh, he wants to show you that book. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, being an audio medium, I don't know if he can show it to us per se. Right. Well, but, uh, uh, maybe, you know. maybe in person he could uh, bring it to you. He wants <laughs> to show it to you guys. All right. Yeah, or, or even if, uh, if if you could take a picture of it and, and the picture of you guys, too, and send it to us. And we'd be more than happy to, with your permission, to uh, put that up on our Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Yeah, I could get that stuff over to you guys. Fantastic. So I guess the last question we have is, um, it sounds like you really enjoyed and Nolan really enjoyed the camp. Is this something that you would recommend for our listeners to try out or or their children to try out? Without a doubt. I mean, they have my full support. Tremendous facility. You know, Chris Hauser runs a tremendous program up there. And it shows because all of his local teams, when kids start young, the locals up there, they play in the uh, chipmunk. I think chipmunk mm-hmm. is what they call it, like their youngest age. And then you see the travel teams that start at like 11, 12 years old. They're all competitive. They may not win, you know, all the tournaments they go to. But you know what? They're competitive. They compete with sportsmanship. You know, so they're doing something right. You know, and they continue to play through high school. And then, you know, once they get, you know, to our age, you know, and they, they still play, you know, the adult leagues and the over, you know, 30s, over 40 leagues. So that to me, you know, is a testament to itself that that facility and the program they run, it's a hotbed up there. And all of those kids, they just play. That's everything those kids do up there is they all play deck hockey. Some also play, you know, ice hockey or whatever. But uh, but that program up there is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hockey, right. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, and so that- Gary, to get back to your question, I would totally recommend this to any family that's looking to uh, get a kid involved in maybe deck hockey or a boy or girl that's already playing to you know develop their skills and to improve their game. Even at that point, I would 100% without a doubt. Terrific. And do they run any other kind of camps or do they have, they have a league? Two, they run two individual weeks during the summer. I don't know if they run any other camps throughout the year, but they do run spring, summer, fall, and, and winter uh, leagues up there. And then, you know, a few tournaments up there as well. And I could get you guys all that information, you know, if you want to promote them. Cold. And Yeah, it gets cold up there in the wintertime, yes. It also gets warm when it's summer. Warm in the summer. Yeah, and that's something I'd I like to... to uh, the beach when you summer. Yeah, that's something <laughs> I would like to... Uh, Give a thanks to Gina because there were uh, calm down, buddy. There were a couple of days up there where it was almost like a hundred degrees. Uh-huh. Oh, and goodness. us being from out of town, Gina and I both stayed at the rink for the duration of the camp, so uh, uh. we owe her big time, right? What do they always say? There's a good woman, a strong woman behind every uh, 
behind every successful man or something, right? She's a hockey that, mom. That, that's yes, we we tip or our next sticks. To, yeah, she's correcting me. Yeah, I, I know I messed up that uh, saying. Yeah, <laughs> next to or whatnot. Yeah, so we there give her go. a lot of credit because she uh, she dealt with a lot that week. Well learned. That that's a great mom right there too. So great job on both ends, guys. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, she puts up with a lot. You know, between that and us coming home with our uh, equipment that doesn't uh, yeah. always smell too good. Yeah, she uh, she deals with a lot. That's for sure. And Gary, I'm sure your wife can attest to the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I try and keep my stuff up in the attic where it, it can't offend anybody, but, you know, yeah. it has to air out and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I can definitely you. relate. I hear you. Well, we, we owe, owe them credit because they deal with us. But you know what? They support us, and uh, Gina knows hockey's a big part of my life, and uh, I think she's happy seeing that it's becoming, you know, a part of Nolan's life. So, you know, with all of that, you know, I guess uh, – I guess it's a good thing. I, she wouldn't trade it. Excellent. Well, I know that Nolan has to uh, get ready for school tomorrow, so we don't want to keep you too much longer. Is there anything else you want to talk about or uh, anything Nolan, else? Nolan, anything else, buddy? Cover? No? Well, come here. Come here and maybe uh, wave and say goodnight then. <laughs> All right? Goodnight. And what do you say? Thank you. All right, Nolan. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, guys. We really appreciate your being on the pod. And, uh, you know, you're welcome back anytime. Tell us, uh, you know, Nolan, next time you have uh, a milestone in your hockey career, please come on the pod and tell us about it. But, you know, make sure you do your homework. You know, no, no hockey until you finish your homework. <laughs> but uh, I kid. But really, it was great to learn all about that camp up in Massachusetts uh, that Chris Hauser runs up in Lemonster, kid. Lemonster. Yeah, it's true. And, and as a listener of this podcast, you've heard us talk about Lemonster quite a few times. And Lemonster that, kid. And, and that's why, because uh, that, that's pretty remarkable. And they know how to do deck better than anybody, probably. So pretty extraordinary stuff and, and awesome. And yeah, uh, Nolan is a remarkable young man. So cool stuff. Yeah. And I guess at this point, Nolan could be considered an honorary Lemonster kid. So, uh, you know, go play some hockey in Lemonster, Nolan. Yeah, go out there. And I I don't even have a, a plausible Boston accent. I, I got nothing tonight. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I... <laughs> would, you, would you mind doing the uh, Westchester County Fair song again? <laughs> if you want to listen to the Westchester County Fair theme, you're going to need to listen to episode 110 of the oh, okay. Hit the Deck podcast. I don't break it out for just any occasion, James. I'm well, not that listen, kind of girl. Anybody listening out there, please do yourselves a favor and, and tell your friends and family you got to listen to the American Rhino's incredible one-man rendition of the Westchester County Fair song. It is awesome. It's the, probably one of the greatest. No, it is one of the best things that has ever been done on this wonderful podcast. So you will not be disappointed. So what you're saying, James, is that listening to me sing the Westchester County Fair theme on this uh-huh. podcast is about the most fun thing you can do. <laughs> is that is that, that what you're getting at here? Exactly. Approximately. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeehaw. Oh, man. But uh, speaking of about the most fun you can do. <laughs> 
Yes, it was indeed. great to play some uh, deck hockey with you wonderful lads over the uh, Labor Day weekend. It was. We alluded to that fact at the top of the show, but now we are going to shamelessly make a podcast topic out of it, out of ourselves. We are going to use ourselves as a way to enhance and elongate. Enlongate? Enlongate is not a word, James. Enlongate is something that I just made up. Shame on me to elongate this podcast. Well, school just started, so give yourself a break. Enlongate. Oh, my goodness. Irregardless. Don't worry about it. I believe it's disirregardless, James. Oh, sorry. It's not. It's definitely not. <laughs> We're being sarcastic. So for, for the kids out there listening, and, and I apologize, my mother is an English teacher, so uh, don't repeat what we just said about it's the word is regardless. And uh, as Gary said, it's elongate. OK, so just want to get that clear out there before my mom comes after me with a high stick. My wife is also a teacher and she's sitting yes. in the next room. So I think I'm in a little more danger than you are at this moment, James. <laughs> True, true, especially if she gets her hands on your, your goalie stick. Yeah, well, uh, actually, it is in pretty close range to her. It's just right around the corner from where she's sitting. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah best not to give her any ideas. No. So, anyway, um, how are you feeling, seriously, after playing on Sunday? I'm fine. Honestly, I'm fine. What James is referring to, in addition to the heat that we talked about at the top of the podcast, I tweaked my knee playing goal and it was fine like I do it as I said to you James at the game it happens a lot more often than I let on like usually when I'm lucky it's it's towards the end of the last game of the day so I can just kind of suck it up and and uh you know just get it over with and finish but with this it happened in the second game that we played and usually we play three or four games so we finished that game. Well, we didn't exactly finish it. We kind of, with with my knee and some other things that happened, which we'll talk about, we kind of decided to just blow off the end of the game. It was kind of a blowout at that point anyway. So we just kind of, you know, forfeited the last minute or so of the game. And I sat and I figured I'd give my knee a few minutes to see if I thought I could get back in goal. And I probably could have gutted it out if I had to, but I decided to do the smart thing, which I learned after I announced my decision that pretty much everybody else that I was playing with that hadn't said to me, but had discussed among themselves that they really hoped I wouldn't play anymore, <laughs> which I, I, I will try not to take personally <laughs> that they wanted me out of the net. But um, yeah, I, I, I decided to be a skater for the last game because that's not as bad on my knee and I'm fine. Honestly, like I said, that just long story short, this happens more frequently than you would think. And I'm fine. Usually after a few days, I'm fine. It has been more than a few days and I'm fine. Excellent. And for the record, everybody that was talking about it cares about you and wanted you to be healthy and good. And above all, none of us wanted to face your wife and explain no, uh, he hurt his knee, but we forced him back in, and that's why he can't walk anymore. So, <laughs> uh, You know, it's funny you talk about my wife that way. Well, I, I should rephrase that. It's funny you say that about my wife, because uh, she was just saying something similar to me last week about me uh, carrying my daughter around. My daughter is now seven. She will be eight in another uh, just under two months. No, not even. A month and a half? Yeah. Uh, actually, wait. It's 
A little over a month. We're later September. into September than I, I am prepared to admit or accept. Um, in my mind, way. it's still late August. No. Okay. Yeah. So just a little over a month, she will be eight. So, uh, you know, for me to carry her around is is probably not as smart as it once was. And so she was trying to convince me, my wife was trying to convince me that it might be time to stop doing that for the sake of my long-term health. So for you to suggest that she might be disappointed with me injuring my ability to walk long-term, that, uh, you know, that's not far off. Yeah, so that's the God's honest truth. Everybody had your concern in our hearts. We did not want you out of the net. The only reason, which which was your decision, and we were happy and we were supported it, was that, and we do trust you, because you're a gamer and you don't come out of the net for anything. So you already played a few games and, and you did the smart thing, and that's not including how hard the weather was and how tough it was to breathe with the humidity and the heat and this, that, and the other thing. So it was a smart decision, and uh, yeah, it was for your well-being we were all concerned about. So uh, glad that uh, we didn't have to fight you on it or anything like that. And, and again, that uh, it, you didn't exacerbate the injury, and thank God you're feeling well and, and you're good to go. That's a good As word. You said, you good said. SAT word. Exacerbate. Yeah, thank you. Well, again, my mom's an English teacher, so um, can't take credit for that. But I probably um, would have said agrimavate. But that's one of the benefits and, and honors of uh, when you suggested doing this podcast. That's uh, I, I appreciate that. So that's um, something that helps me to communicate with people. <laughs> so this is good practice for that. So thank you. Anyhow, so yeah, bottom line was you made the right decision. We all supported you and it was for the right reasons. It wasn't because we thought you weren't good enough or any ridiculous nonsense like that. It was your knee was hurt. And that's what the point of this topic is, lemonade out of lemons, because you could have just said, that's it, I'm going home and, and everybody would have had to just stop playing. But you gutted it out and you played forward or defense, I should say, and you did a really fantastic job at it, too. It was fun being your teammate and watching you do your thing, running back and forth. Well, James, as you'll recall, we lost those first two games that I was in goal, and we won that last game where Hollywood Dan Schwartz stepped in. So uh, as I opined on the day, I guess, you know, the, the, the real difference, the, the thing that was holding us back was just me and Net. So I was glad that handing the reins over to somebody else got us a win. No, it had to do with a certain defenseman in front of you that hadn't played in months and showed it. Looked like he hadn't played in years, Mr. Number 4. You but, played in uh, front of Dan, too. You can't say otherwise. To Dan's credit, he made some really spectacular saves. There was one particular save that he made where he literally stopped the shot by stepping on the puck, yeah. which was just mind-blowing. I happened to be on the bench at that point and was behind the net and saw the play happen. And really remarkable. Great job by Dan. He looked like he was in goal for his whole life. And great job by you, too, for lending him your equipment and putting it on and making sure he was all safe and ready to go. That was an adventure in and on itself. And and again, for Dan, he had suffered a broken blade in, I believe, the first game that we played because someone stepped on his stick. Mm -hmm. So there was another thing that somebody had to overcome something bad. And I lent him one of my sticks. And then eventually somebody broke my stick blade by a slash. And uh, then I got really upset and very unprofessional reaction, by the way, I have to admit. But um, yeah, you, you did have a, a little bit of a, a, a tantrum, you know, a tizzy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but thank God it wasn't it was an old man. I um, for people familiar out there, my Titan sticks, I named them after Star Trek characters. So 
the, uh, the the one that Gary worked on. And if you watch the uh, how to way back when that we put up on YouTube, that is the old man stick, the black and white Titan. So thank God that was okay. That got out unscathed. But the one that broke was my Tron. But I luckily have a, uh, it's not a one piece. So I didn't have to throw the whole stick away or ask the American Rhino to fix it as he's shown that as well on the how to's on our YouTube page. So please check those out if you haven't yet. But uh, I have the backup blade to replace in the Tron. So that'll be ready to go the next time I play, hopefully sooner than later. But yeah, Dan had to overcome that and did a fantastic job. And in that game that that Gary played so well, uh, Dan made again, he made some huge saves between he, Gary, Brad, and Chris, who scored the hat trick and the overtime winner, we ended up getting the victory. Now, James, you scored a goal too in that game. Brad said so. Well, if Brad said so, then it's official. But uh, yeah, as we were saying before at the top of the podcast is that I coughed up a few goals. One I screened you on, at least one that I know of, I screened you on and gave up a goal. That was totally my responsibility. There was another time I was out of position, gave up another goal. And then there was one other instance when I actually blocked the shot. The puck got stuck in my glove and like a moron, I put it down right in front of the opposition who shot the puck and scored. So those are just three things that really stuck with me, at least three, that really put a huge pall on the afternoon for me because as a defenseman, you're supposed to stop the puck initially. It's great if you could score, if you could set up plays, passing, that's important, of, of course. But job number one, I'm a defensive defenseman. If I give up a goal, then I'm a failure. So that that's nice that you guys remembered that. I don't remember, <laughs> but... I tend to focus on the bad a little bit too much. I guess one of my flaws. Yeah, one of my flaws is that I guess I hate to admit it. I look at the glass half empty instead of half full. So it just it it hurts. And and I want to make that up, especially you're in goal. You picked me, burned a a pick when we were doing the, the, the teams. And I really just so very much regret letting you down. And I know you won't admit it. You won't say that I did. But I feel I did. And in truth be told, because I did. <laughs> so, James, that, uh, yeah. you look at the glass as eventually empty. <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's a little hole in it and it's draining. <laughs> but, uh, and I didn't burn a pick. I chose my favorite defenseman and I picked you second. So, you know, you can't even say that I wasted my first pick. Yeah, but for the, the, the teams that were picked and, and you did a great job in, in picking a good team, as we said before, because the talent is so well dispersed in the LIQ, you really can't have a dominant team versus a, a helpless team. It's really pretty much even. But the uh, the opposition, we had our hands full. They were good. They were fast, quick. And Sean is a fantastic goalie. And we'll get into his afternoon, too, very quickly. But uh, really good stuff. But I apologize. Please, I apologize to you and my teammates, too. So if you guys are listening out there. Unnecessary. All right. Well, I will. I have to say it was fun getting out there as a, uh, I guess, you know, forward or D, whatever. We, we play three on three. So there isn't really any dedicated forward in D. It's just kind of some people play tend to play back more and some people tend to play up more. So I, I tended to play back more. But uh, I, I did I did kind of go up for one play and I managed to. I don't know how I managed to score. Yeah, you have a really good shot. And and as being a goalie, you have an excellent instinct of where to be on the deck. You were in good position. You had a couple of really good scoring chances, too. And uh, I remember I, I thought I remember you blocking some shots and clogging the passing lane. I did drop down a couple of times, but I think at least one of them, if not both, the shooter managed to shoot around me anyway. 
Okay, well, if, at minimum, a defenseman, you're just your goal is to force the shooter to go in one lane that your goalie can see directly and know exactly where it's coming from. So kudos to you on that. But yeah, man, I mean, Dan looked like he was right at home in goal and you looked like you were right at home on the deck too. Yeah, it looks going to be deceiving. I, I did, I will admit, I did feel good just messing around before we started playing before i got my gear on you and i were kind of just shooting on an empty net and i i I was shooting pretty well i felt in that early i don't know you know i even joked that uh, to you that i was playing you know i'd be playing the wrong position and uh but yeah so i i did feel pretty good that way and uh, i i scored one i don't know how like i said it it was luck and I just missed another one. It was a little trickler that looked like Sean just barely was able to get over, you know, one of those pucks that may be hard to pick up and is bouncing. And if if I had shot it just a little harder, it would have gone in. But I didn't, and it didn't. And yes, speaking of Sean, he did his typically amazing MVP job of bringing both nets setting them up, then after breaking them down and strapping them back on the roof of his car and making the long drive back home. And that's after playing all three plus games in goal, in the heat, in the humidity, and hurting his back in the process. So unbelievable. Yeah, Sean's good people. He's He really, he doesn't get enough credit for everything that he does for our, our league. He bought these nets. I mean, we've we contributed somewhat, but it was his idea to get these specific nets. He bought them. He's taken possession of them. He drives over an hour both ways every week when we play. You know, he plus it takes him half an hour to an hour to strap them to his car. You know, before he even starts driving, and uh, he, he brings water in a cooler. And he's just, he's really been like, you're not kidding about MVP and then going out and playing goal in the heat. He really has been kind of the shining star of the LIQ over the last, I don't know, six months or more. Amen to that. No doubt about it. And I I gotta say, you know, he, like you said, he did get hurt, but he didn't show it. He, uh, he gutted it out and I mean, I don't think he even realized how much he was hurt until after, but yeah, he just he he sounds like he pulled his back or did something to his back in the second game and he just played through it like a champ yeah as a matter of fact that's a great point the we didn't even know that sean was hurt until he posted it the next day on our facebook page because he was concerned about brad because brad took an accidental elbow to the mouth and thank god only suffered a bloody lip so hopefully his uh, lip went down it didn't swell too much didn't knock out a tooth or anything like that so we were happy and uh, that's when sean said that yeah he had happened to have uh, hurt his back in like game two or something early in the afternoon and then played for the rest of the day and still broke down the nets and put them back up on his car and wouldn't take any help or, or assistance at all. Yeah, he's always like that. He's like, hey, what can I do? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, if everybody, if you're the listener out there, if you have a friend like Sean, God bless, because he's wonderful people. So may you have a friend as good and a teammate as good as Sean. Absolutely, yes. No question. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a tough day. For us, in a lot of ways, broken sticks, injuries, but we were still able to find our way through and have, you know, at the end of it, have have a good time. And hopefully, 
you know, may they all no. Well, I shouldn't say that because we don't want all of those days to include injuries and, and broken sticks and what have you. But, you know, may we always be able to still, you know, make the best of things and have good games regardless of the circumstances. Yeah. Before we, we sign off, I mean, you guys, I think you've played every game, if not 99% of our LAQ almost, games. Correct? Almost. Okay. I have missed a couple of days here and there. But yeah, over the last three, how many? Four? What, however many years we've been playing? Yes, I have five, maybe. I don't. I think it's 2013 we started. So that would be five years at this point. Wow. Anyway, over that time, I've only missed a couple of games, but yes. So yeah, I've missed a lot, lot more than that. So have you ever recalled, I mean, there were, what, three broken sticks in uh, in, in one afternoon and, and injuries and all that. Has that ever happened in the LIQ before? Where We've had days day? with multiple broken sticks. We've had days with multiple injuries. In fact, there was one day where I think Brad got injured in consecutive games, which was unfortunate. But um, I don't I can't remember a day where we've had that many broken sticks and injuries in the same day. Yeah, it was weird. But I, I, I will say I'm glad that the stick that you got broken was not old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it wasn't any of your named sticks. It right. was your unnamed stick. I guess maybe that stick works for Section 31. <laughs> so, uh, like in the shadows, you don't have an identity. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad if it had to be one of your sticks, I guess I'm glad it was that one, especially since that blade can be replaced. Appreciate that and agreed. Fantastic. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Okay, so <laughs> Pops, by the way, Pops thinks I should wear knee braces. And I told him I have worn braces on both knees for years now. <laughs> and he suggested that perhaps I should take a, a bit more... Uh, aggressive measures to remedy my knee problems but being the stubborn rhino that i am i'm just gonna keep gutting it out and and you know probably not doing the smart thing but i'm gonna hockey up and just you know be me but uh nevertheless pops i appreciate your concern and you know thank you for being the voice of the podcast thank you for uh you know bringing rob and and you know being an integral part of the liq thank you for everything that you do and thank you dear listener for listening to this podcast once again another episode of the hit the deck podcast we appreciate your support your loyalty your uh, continued appreciation of our podcast thank you ever so much to john and nolan for taking part in the podcast thanks thanks buddy Thanks for being on. Good luck in kindergarten and good luck in all of your hockey endeavors. And, you know, listen to mommy and daddy because they know best. Thank you to John. Thank you to Gina, John's wife, for, for you know, permitting all of this to happen. <laughs> um, thank you to Anthony Sajazi for the music used in Hit the Deck, the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you to, uh, I don't know, I've run out of thank yous, I think. I'm, at this point, I'm just thanking people for the sake of thanking them. I don't know. But, well, we um, thank you, so there. Yeah, you don't have to thank me. Um, thank you to, I'm, I'm doing it again. I'm, <laughs> I am I woke up Canadians for some reason. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just being too polite. Oh, uh, thank you, eh? Sorry. So, um, aye, aye, aye. what is wrong with me? If you'd like to register a complaint, please yeah. feel free to reach out to us at hit the deck, D E K, hit the deck at gmail.com. Tweet at us at hit the deck pod. You can reach us on our Facebook and Instagram feeds at hit the deck. 
And uh, on YouTube, we are Hit the Deck Podcast. Please consider subscribing to us on YouTube and to our podcast, wherever podcasts are subscribed to, be that uh, Apple Podcast or Podbean or Stitcher or the Google or the Googles. Really, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to us there. If we're not there, let us know and we will try, like the Dickens, to get there. And really, I think that's that's all I've got. <laughs> James, is there anything you'd care to add to this train wreck? I would be happy to, actually. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, looking for places to play deck? Check out Columbus Deck Hockey Association, Charlotte Street Hockey, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, and our own LIQ. And Lemonsta the- Kid! Absolutely. And you could find them all on Facebook. And you could Google them as well. Oh, and uh, Rink do- Life. If you are interested in the Lemonster stuff that John was talking about, check out Rink Life on Facebook, and uh, I'm sure you can get more information about it there. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And uh, donate to LaGrange Hockey. And also, um, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you ever so much for your continued support. As I said, it's great to be here back on consecutive weeks. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. we had a run where that was actually a problem for us, but you know, we're back in the saddle and hopefully we will make a habit of this. But uh, something that I would prefer that you make a habit of and that we always make a habit of is to remind you that no matter what you're doing, whether you are out in a deck hockey camp whether you are a young youngin or you know an old seasoned pro whether you are out there for the first time in forever or whether you're just carrying your league on your back regardless of what you happen to be doing i would urge you always to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody excellent again (laughs) that's okay we can take that out you guys are all excellent (laughs) thanks john